0: Welcome to The Crossroads, the show where we explore the stories of the most unique and accomplished individuals so that you can learn to unlock more your best life. I'm your host, Kai, from Vertigo Vision. At the time of this recording, it is April 5th, 2020, and we are nearing the peak of the COVID crisis. So I hope everybody at this time is staying healthy and staying indoors. In the meantime, I'm grateful for this platform, for technology, and for this continued opportunity to keep interviewing these incredible individuals that I look up to, and on top of that, to be able to bring them to you guys in podcast form. And today's episode is very, very special, y'all. This is someone who plays a pivotal role in the urban dance and talent management scene, but it is not every day that someone gets to sit down and converse with them. If you're part of the dance scene, you may have heard her name before. And even if you're not, you have probably heard at least one of the names of the talent that she helps manage. Her name is Cheyenne Kibblewhite, also adoringly known as Shaymami. Cheyenne has been deeply rooted in the dance community for over 25 years, directing, dancing, teaching, and judging numerous competitions all over the U.S., including head judge on the World Dance Tour, scoring analyst and judge for Hip Hop International, Ultimate Brawl, Fusion, Bridge, and many more. This is where it gets crazy. Cheyenne is also owner of Legacy Entertainment Group a management company which is home to such artists as Keone and Mari Madrid, Melvin Tim Tim, S-Rank, Bailey Sock, Trey Derego, Isidro Rafael, Celine Haro, Sean Evaristo, Larkin Poynton, and more of this caliber. Give any of these names a quick Google search and you will understand why this is crazy. Cheyenne also produces outside events for Building Block, including Arena Dance Camp, Skills Workshop, and co-producer for Building Block x Snow Globe International. Her and her team's notable works include Apple, Broadway, Disney, World of Dance, NBC, Billie Eilish, Justin Bieber, Street Dance of China, Eileen Fisher, Puma, Nike, and more. Wow. On top of this, while her artists are often playing the part of the spectacle of the show, Cheyenne is often the person behind the curtain, and is the brains of many of these operations that you've just heard. In this episode, we chat with Cheyenne about what it's like managing some of the best in the urban dance world, the qualities which she believes constitute an exceptional manager, why she continues to train although her work doesn't require it, the golden quality that all of her artists share in common, and much more. And here's a little tip. This episode, in my opinion, really picks up around the second half. I feel like that's where we get warmed up and Cheyenne starts to drop golden versus everywhere. She is also one of the most experienced and well-spoken individuals I've ever had on the show, and you'll notice that the knowledge she imparts applies not only to her profession of artist management, but also to managing and optimizing your own life, which is perfect, because this is what The Crossroads is all about. And before we get into the show, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, and that is myself. That's right, this show is sponsored by yours truly, There is no payment, and I'm making sure I dedicate at least 12 to 13 hours per episode uh, researching, interviewing, and editing each podcast, so each episode can come out to you guys hot, fresh, high quality, and free of charge. The only thing I ask is, if you guys enjoy the show, please share it with a friend. If you feel like this show or episode brought quality or value to your life, don't be shy about hitting that share button and sending this link to a couple of your friends free of charge. Because like we're going to talk about in this episode, you guys, your circle is one of the biggest contributing factors to your success. So if you surround yourself with winners and you build each other up, you will have a much higher chance of reaching the stars together. And without further ado, I am pleased and proud to present our next guest, Cheyenne Kibblewhite. Please enjoy. Welcome, okay. Cheyenne, thank you for being a part of this and taking the time to sit down in this second edition of COVID-19 edition of The Crossroads.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. And I guess um, I asked you a little bit off camera, but how, how have you been doing this? Situation? And um, I guess what, what have you and your family been doing to continue staying positive and moving forward?
1: Uh, and we, your team. Yeah, my team. Yeah, my – um, you know, the biggest thing that is honestly st- – Doing, working so hard to stay positive, um, it's really easy to get sucked down the ugly rabbit hole, especially with the media, social media, and the fact that everybody is genuinely scared. So, um, you know, we're really working hard to stay positive and to reassure those who we love and that we work with and that we deal with on a regular basis who may be feeling, who are feeling the effects of what's going on. And doing our due diligence to make sure that when we come out of this, because the reality is we are, we are going to make it through this, um, that we are ready to hit the ground running, that there is work on the horizon, and that we have taken the necessary steps to be able to push and drive forward as we need to for all of our humans and for us.
0: Oh, yes, most definitely. And that's a very great point that you make is that this is going to pass. It may last as long-term like long-term it, it long-term. may it may it may end tomorrow, who knows? But it may last months. But at yeah. the end of the day it is going to pass. Yeah. And um having that long term vision is definitely something that um it helped me a lot when I guess it first started because I definitely felt that type of energy just kind of drop and the negativity and felt like there wasn't any point in doing anything. Yeah. But remembering that we will be able to go out again and that these things are going, even though everything's getting canceled, like people are going to hit the ground running. This is the time to innovate, right? So yeah, I'm I'm glad to be able to have heard that from you guys as well. Um, And now just having you personally on this show, I wanted to be able, the reason I wanted to have you on the show, and I told you a little bit off camera as well, is because I think a lot of the people who are listening right now know the names of the ones that you are helping push their careers forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not always the person and this is the part of the job, right? You are a yeah. person a lot of the time who is supporting them and, um, calling the shots behind the scenes and behind the curtain. Um, mm-hmm. so That's I great. wanted to know how, well, first let's, let's get into, before we get into what exactly it is you do, I wanted to know how you ended up here and, um, your journey from how you entered this dance world, um, how you entered urban dance. Um, what I, I, you look very, you, you look actually very young for having three children. So also, especially having like Davin, right. Who's 20, who just turned 23.
1: Twenty three Yesterday. Um, happy birthday.
0: That, happy birthday. And what the journey was like for you? Um, I guess from, from, I guess, uh, let's say, yeah, whenever dance kind of entered your life.
1: Okay. Um, I actually started dancing when I was two. My mom, yeah, my mom put me in a ballet class and I got kicked out because I was climbing the curtains, <laughs> so they kicked me out, I don't know, it just, uh, it's, you right. know, apparently it sounded, I, I didn't want to go with the grain, how's that, um, but I really did love dance and um, I I took class when I was able to go back in, um, you know, just kind of like the one class a week type of thing, recreational. Uh, every child I feel starts in ballet and maybe a little tap, ballet tap combo and then jazz. Uh, I was really drawn to like, the funk styles and more the street scene and mm. uh, hip hop. And I what did see? What did they call it? Where I was taking class, they called it funky jazz. That's what they funky called. Funky jazz. It. All uh, right. <laughs> I think in the suburban areas. I was born in the Bay Area, and I lived out there until I was three, and then I moved to Sacramento County. I lived in a smaller city called Folsom. Mm, uh, okay. And then from Folsom, I moved down to San Diego, and then I've been here ever since. Um, but where I was dancing in Folsom, they called it you know, street jazz or funky jazz, stuff like that. Um, and I started, I just started choreographing, and uh, I was on the dance team and made up all our dances, stuff like that. I was dancing for a man named Pepper Vaughn, who actually is now known for Zumba. Which is hysterical. Yes,
0: that's what I heard about him. Yeah. Okay.
1: So he's known for Zumba, but he was, um, he actually had what he called a funk team. And that was the first company that I danced for Mm. in Sacramento. Um, Danced for him. And then I moved down to San Diego and I danced down here for a long time. Um, I was on Coach Shock for a very, very long time. I also danced for Urban Effects um, on their inaugural season. Um, I did Coach San Diego, San Francisco, and wow. ultimately stopped dancing. What um, stopped performing when I was on Coach LA. That was my last season of oh. um, performing. And I danced at all the theme parks. I did Legoland and SeaWorld and Disneyland and all that. Um, but that's, you know, I started teaching dance when I was fifteen and I actually oh. still do teach dance. I teach I still teach the babies. Foundation is important. Um and is that's Is there a reason?
0: Sorry. <laughs> um no, go ahead. is there a reason that you stopped dancing?
1: Um I mean I still dance. Okay. Perform. Uh I still performing. take class. Um I love to train with Melvin when we travel. uh, Melvin Tim Tim. Um his style is something that I really it resonates with me um so I always take class when I'm with him and Bailey and um and then if I when I travel with Kiyoti Amari and, and they teach which is uh, few and far between with their amazing blessings of schedule that they have right now I love to take their class too so I I mean I I, I take class I wouldn't say that I'm training because training is extensive um but I, I do still dance I just um you look fit you know, my performance floor my platform It's just different now. It's not, it's not on the stage anymore, but I'm just dancing on a different dance floor now.
0: Most definitely. Okay. So after, um, culture shock LA, um, what happens next? What do you, what what do you start allotting your time to?
1: Um, I was, before I was managing, I was doing the same work just under a different title and just doing a lot of other stuff that I, you know, that wasn't necessarily my favorite. Um, I was the executive director for a dance company. And uh, I mean, at that point I was doing all the same things that I do now as a manager, but I also was responsible for a lot of stuff that, that I don't align with. Um, so when I was no longer doing that, um, a couple artists had reached out to me and had asked me if, I would work with them that they had wanted to work with me and you know they knew that my schedule was full but they were hoping that I could fit them in now and that was really moving for me because I was able to do exactly what I loved about supporting humans um, I was able to continue doing and focusing on the parts that I really align with um, and ironically, everybody that we manage uh, came to us. We don't advertise. Oh. We don't ask people. We don't reach out. Um, we just—they just—they come to us. And, really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh. And uh, I. When mean, you I say
0: know. when you say us, are you talking about Legacy?
1: Yes, Legacy okay. Entertainment. So I own Legacy Entertainment Group, and that is a management company we are not an agency we're a management company and some of the artists that we manage are artists such as Keone Amari, uh, Melvin Tim Tim, Bailey Sock, S-Rank, Rego, Larkin Poynton, Laura Cortellamont, um, Sean Evaristo, um, I don't have a list in front of me and I don't want to forget. There's a lot. There, there are a yeah. lot. There are a lot. And then we have, we have artists who we support as well who um, prefer to handle majority of what they do on their own and work with us on projects that are outside of their comfort zone or maybe a bit larger scale like Chris Martin and Radiance, um, Rudia Brew, uh, you know, artists like that who do prefer to handle their own work but um, definitely can benefit from the support. And we're really big on meeting people where they're at. I think that that's something special about who we are uh, because everybody's different. Your needs are going to be different than my needs. Where you are at in your journey, in your work, in your life as a human being, it's going to be a different place than where I'm at. So I can't expect you to relate or work or apply things the same way that I would. So why should I expect that from anybody else?
0: That's amazing. That's a really good point to make as well. That you, especially if you want to work and achieve the best of both worlds, when you're working with somebody to to make sure that you are fitting into their mold. So that's really awesome to hear that that's something that you guys do. Um, We're
1: really big on alignment too. Um, whenever, uh, whenever someone comes to us um, and asks if we will manage them. I always talk to them and just say, Hey, what are you trying to solve for? What is it that we can do for you? And I listen, um, I listen. And from there, we see if it's a, if it's a good fit, if we do align, if it is something that would make sense. And oftentimes, oftentimes when people come to us, it's not, and there's nothing wrong with it. You know, we, We'll talk to them and and explain where we're at and explain where they're at, listen to where they're at, listen to what they're looking to be solved and talk through it together. And sometimes it's just not not the fit. We're not what they need. And we're not going to... We're not driven by the money. We are driven by the culture, by the people, um, by something that we're so passionate about, which, you know, our global community and our dance community. uh, And that is being able to help people and support people, advocate for them, um, help pave the path. That's the goal. That's the goal. So that ultimately they can leave their legacy. And that's, um, that's our, that's what we want to do. And if that isn't what would happen, if we don't see that that would be the right alignment, then we don't move forward and it's never anything negative. It's always coming from a place of love. Um, but it's just, it doesn't make sense to take someone on if we really don't have the tools to support them.
0: It's good to hear that you were very thoughtful about that type of alignment, uh, regardless of the scale of how many people that you're handling. The fact that you put time and care into each one, that takes...
1: A lot of time, a lot of time, <laughs> a lot of care. <laughs> a lot of time, a lot of travel, a lot of love, and um, a lot of gratitude. Because at the end of the day, we're super, super blessed to be on and sharing this journey with so many people. And um, I do feel badly that I didn't list everyone. It's not because they're not important. It's just, you know, we only have so much time in this podcast.
0: Of course, right? I mean, I guess shout out to two people that are also part of my life: uh, Hijo and Celine.
1: Hijo Thank and you Celine. for
0: taking <laughs> care of them as well. Um, you mentioned. Um, in that in that statement um, supporting humans and gratitude, which I feel like are two big parts of your life. Yes. Um, how how exactly do you think those came to be? Do you think that that's something that's just naturally inherent in you? Is that something that your parents taught you? Um, was that something that you had to learn through a lesson? How, uh-huh. how do you think gratitude and supporting humans, uh, you were able to identify those strengths within you? To,
1: oh, absolutely. It far? Yeah. Um, I think, honestly, as people, we are all wired differently. Um, when I take the Myers-Briggs test, I mean, I come, it describes me down to a T. I oh. am someone who's driven by service. I love people. I am a people pleaser. I like to do things for others, Service. I receive joy when I know I have done something that is promoted, elevated, supported, done something positive for somebody else. That brings me joy. So the fact that this could be a career for me, it's it's almost funny because I feel like I'm really getting paid for something that has brought me joy since I was younger. And that's, it's it's a lot of work. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's the easiest thing in the world. There's a lot of things that we do that aren't fun and they're not pretty and they're not easy and they can be very stressful. But at the end of the day, our focus and our job is to be a buffer is to remove the logistics off of the artist's plate so that they can do what they're supposed to do, which is create and share their passion um, and making sure that they have a platform and the platform that they deserve in order to do that. So, you know, we do handle a lot of the stuff that, we're not going to talk about because we don't want people to know about it. It's not, it's not going to help if I sit here and say, Oh, well, I did this or I'm going to, you know? Um, but there is that, that part too. You know, people will tell me sometimes, Oh my gosh, it's just so blurred. So wonderful. And it is wonderful. It is. I wouldn't do it if it wasn't. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of a lot that goes into it. So I think when I hear people say that they see the positives, which there are many, and they're not privy to things that aren't necessarily in the light or positive. That makes me feel good because that means that we are doing our job at those times when they do come up.
0: Oh yeah, most definitely. It's a lot of, and this is a lot of the stuff that I'm curious um, about, I guess. So I think that you may have an inclination. um, And I I guess I can relate to this because I think the sec, not the second, but when I began to be aware, that gratitude is something that you can attain and you can practice. Um, I I felt like I was, I felt a lot lighter. I felt a lot happier. Um, And being able to work towards something that I enjoyed was, Mm -hmm. it it was uh, becoming aware of that um, Mm -hmm. really made the journey just better. So I guess if I had to ask, um, it seems like it was something that you just enjoyed growing up because that was the type of person that you yeah. were
1: it's um, how wired me. It just is. I love doing things for others. I, I really genuinely, genuinely do.
0: How would you, how, is that something that, um, cause you work with people of all types, is mm-hmm. this something that you, uh, you attract to people like this or other people that you work with that are also, um, they're on a different page on a different wavelength, um, and there's there's somewhere where you have to, as a manager, I'm not sure if this ends up becoming like a parental figure or a mentor, or is it more like a partnership between two, two like equal forces when you're managing somebody, how would you describe it?
1: Um, I think that because of the way that we work with people at meeting them where they're at and knowing that new, no two people are going to need the same thing. It's going to be different with each one. There are some that were very hands-off and we are there when they need us. And there are some that we work with deeply um, on a daily basis. So while the role is, is the same, the application is different. And everybody that we manage, I really do feel like their family We don't manage anyone that we don't align with, and that's huge. Um, But where I would say Keone would refer to me as more of a sister, um, of course, Davin would say more of a mom, and and Melvin says I'm more of a mom. And that might be the age difference. It might be the obvious relationship. um, But at the end of the day, on some level, I really do feel that we do relate to each other like family and we support each other. It's a collaborative effort. Um, The ultimate goal being to reach the goals uh, and making sure that everything that they need in order to do so is there for them.
0: Excellent. Good to hear. So I guess diving into um, maybe some of the logistics you spoke of, Mm -hmm. um, this is the stuff that a lot, you are helping take the weight off the shoulders of the artists so that they can do their best work. Um, I guess I know. I'm assuming it's probably pretty different between project to project and day to day. But um, it with this amount of people that and this team, what would you say that your like before all of this happened, um, or like your regular, if that's a thing, like a a, a routine
1: for uh,
0: a work? Yeah, for your work would be like how would you describe um,
1: that? Well, the, the morning always starts with lists and emails. I, I love making lists. Uh, there is a lot to do, a lot to do. And with a lot of different people, lists for me, they work great. They help me to tackle what I need to, when I need to do it, um, and email is one of the first things that I do when I get up is I check my email, and WhatsApp, my WeChat, um, Usually those not too much comes through Instagram. When it does, I do try and direct it to just try and streamline to email or if it's international, WeChat or WhatsApp. Go through those, see what came in, make a list, check on things that are still outlying, um, and then tackle things that need to be done that day, look at what needs to be done for future. And a lot of times that includes things like, uh, you know, email, a lot of email, phone calls, conferences, zoom meetings, um, follow-ups, negotiations, contract reviews, contract signing, um, making sure that any deliverables that we have that are due are taken care of and checking in, checking in and following up.
0: Is there, so you said an email in the morning. Um, is there a, a tier list or a priority that you like to organize your days by? So that you end on a certain note or that you take care of the the heavier stuff early on or later on?
1: There's like I try and do it. I try and take care of, I try and get my, well, my tackle list has to be done first thing in the morning. Uh, because we do a lot of work internationally, across the board, a lot of stuff comes in in the middle of the night. So it's important for me to get that tackle list going. And I try and start early because you don't know what's going to come through during the day. Sometimes things that come through during the day, trump everything on the list and need to go to the top right away. So the earlier I get that list done, the earlier we get started. And I actually have, um, I've gone through a few of them now, but I actually have a book and I'll put the date on the top of the page and then boom, go down and do a to do list. And I will actually physically cross it off. Mm. Um, I'm very tactile so that feels good to me but I have the book that way I can go back a couple days and you know you do see a trend there might be a submission that's due in two weeks or in a week but you keep it on that list so you can keep on top check on it do you need this do you need that was this handled was that handled all the logistics that would go into that Um, and then I do if it's something that I know has to be done that day that's going to go the top of the list and then the other things I need to check in. Sometimes things don't happen. I Maybe I need to follow up with person X and they're unavailable, so then that's going to go to the next day. Uh, but I do try and get those things done first thing in the morning. I do work well early in the morning, so getting those things started, getting the ball rolling, uh, is very, very helpful because things are going to come in. Things are going to come in that are going to take precedence and sometimes they're time consuming, sometimes they're brief. Uh, But the more you can get done earlier, you kind of be ready for that.
0: Gotcha. That, that, uh, I, I definitely feel you on the tactile, um, thing in front of me, I've got my planner and my journal, (laughs) which I, uh, is what I've been taking notes in as well. (laughs) And it it definitely has helped a lot. Um, I'm curious what your book looks like. Maybe we could take a look at that later, but. Um, that sounds, how long have you been using that system for,
1: Uh, Uh, like
0: having a a planner or I've gone through,
1: it's actually, I had a planner and the planner wasn't working for my needs. Okay. So I now have a calendar, um, and I, I have iCal and then the Google calendar and I have a calendar for almost all of the artists on iCal. They each have their own color code. And um, they
0: look very colorful.
1: So colorful. Let me tell you, summer is like a rainbow every day. <laughs> um, and then some artists prefer to use Google calendars. We share these calendars so that we can keep them updated. And if they need to add something or we need to add something. So uh, very interactive, which is great. Um, and then my to-do lists are in a book. And I've gone through several and I love mermaids and unicorns. So the majority of my to-do lists are in some fabulous book, which might have some statement of positivity on the, on the cover. Um, or a unicorn because, um, so the little, like my little nickname is that I'm I'm a unicorn and um, sometimes, People will call me and say, "Hey, can you make your unicorn horn shine? And can you do this? Can you make your unicorn horn glow and make this happen? We need your unicorn really? horn." Yeah, oh, so so it's—I uh, mean, it's—it's—it's it's it's definitely internal. But uh, like our humans are be like, "Can you make your unicorn horn glow?" And then whatever, you know, it's usually like a joking way to say that they need something or something's come up that's a bit time sensitive. And and I go, "All right, I'll shine my unicorn horn." And that's so that's why most of my books have unicorns on them.
0: Amazing, I can definitely tell at least from just doing research that um you are, at least from an external point of view, um exceptionally p- positively and uplifting towards the people and and because and I say this because I feel like a lot of the posts that you make or things that you put on social media are always about well positivity and also other people, so it definitely aligns with what you're saying right now, which is really cool to hear and it's it's great to hear about um i remember also uh there's b- besides having a book which is a cool thing to hear that you do um you're also i was curious about other things that you enjoy um having as a part of your life in order to to improve your quality i, I know one being um essential oils yes something that, I'm
1: a, such you... a granola shake
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm curious how, how that started um and what I'm curious how, how deep your um your involvement and and enthusiasm into oils are because I I do, um I I do occasionally like uh, use them in my humidifiers and stuff and it does feel nice like to be able to sleep but I haven't looked very that's deep a deep whole
1: nother podcast <laughs> <laughs> okay that's a, that's a whole nother. I'm such a – I started using them honestly I didn't believe in them I thought they were like whatever and this lady wouldn't get off my back about it and okay. she bugging me about it bugging me about it and um I um. Uh, I get, I actually, I get cold sores and I I always get them around my lip and it was in the summer and Maris was a year old. Um, She wouldn't sleep and I had gotten this really bad cold sore and the lady just wouldn't get off my back about it. And I actually tried them just to make her shut up. I know that's terrible, but she's like, no, it's going to help. This is going to help your daughter sleep. This is going to help your lip. And I was just like, oh, and so I, I tried these two different oils and, um, maris knocked out fell asleep and my lip healed faster than it ever had and so at that wow. point i was like hmm. so i started doing my research and looking into it and now we have we have a non-toxic home so um you know what i clean the house with is very effective it's it kills 99.9 percent of all the germs just like just like the chemicals but if one of my kids drinks it, they're not going to get sick. Um, I have our hand sanitizers has essential oils made with essential oils. All of our dental care, wow. everything, you name it, we drink essential oil drinks. And um, you know, I'm very, very particular about what I use. I did a lot of research on farms and, um, and you know, in in the uh, efficacy of the products, and so we only use one brand that's it we won't use anything else god bless you if you want to give me something unfortunately we won't use it if it's not that brand but um i mean we've been to the farms we planted lavender we planted clary sage i've taken the kids my kids go to a central oil camp um and we really do our best to have a non-toxic Lifestyle. I mean, I, I make my own deodorant, my own face cream. Wow. I mean, you name it—shampoo, body wash. It's it's all natural essential oil stuff. You can eat it, and oh, a lot of the stuff that anything that we put on our body gets into our bloodstream. Anything at all. So think about the things that we're touching. Things that have labels on us says "do not ingest," but it goes on our skin, so it goes into our blood. So in an essence, we've ingested it already anyway. Um, and a lot of them, yeah. they. I have a degree in psychology. And one of the coolest things about the oils for me was their healing ability with emotions uh, and each oil has um, it has physical benefits but also has emotional benefits and I could go on forever about emotional release and all those things, but those were really interesting to me so um, aceline i 've got them all hooked on valor before they perform. Okay. Mari wears it, Keone wears it, I wear it, Esrink wears it, Melvin wears it, oh. Ben wears it. I even got Kita wearing it. Um, uh, but It's, it's called I Valor? It's called Valor, yes. Okay. And the blend is, the, is said to be the same blend of herbs that the Roman soldiers used to uh, use before they went into battle. And they would rub it on their shoulders to instill courage and self-confidence. Oh. Um, and it's an oil that I carry with me and, um, before anybody performs, I always tell them, put it on, um, you know, and then whatever their routine is, whether they pray or they just visualize or, um, whatever, but it's, it's fun because I'll go in when somebody's performing and and say, look, I've got my dollar, I've got my dollar, but, uh, we all wear it. We all wear it now. So it's, um, it's good stuff. It's really, really, really good stuff that's but,
0: really incredible yeah. yeah that's that's like something that um i've heard very little about but the fact that you've done so much research um is, I've got is really today. And, <laughs> okay yeah like um it's something i'm curious about curious about that i want to hear your opinion on um yeah. and it's okay if this is kind of a tangent from what we usually go with, but i think um this is essential oils is something that everyone knows of mm-hmm. but it's not always endorsed by the mainstream and a lot of times it's seen as like you know something that is just um what, what was the word you use? granola is that
1: i yeah, call it so. i mean i think when you we know that we're our, our society is driven by the media the fda owns a lot they regulate a lot and they don't make money off of essential oils mm. so you know i'm not definitely not going to go on a political tangent but um i think that has a lot to do with it you know um and I'm not against doctors. I'm not against any of that. But I definitely exasperate my organic and and conservative resources before I pick up medication.
0: Got it. So. Okay, cool. I definitely want to ask you more about that probably later. Oh yeah,
1: That's we can awesome. talk about it for days. And I can dump my boxes and boxes in my kitchen. I cook with essential oils in my yeah. kitchen. I have um, you know all our cabinets, and actually, I actually have a cabinet. You pull it out, and it's. oils and oils and
0: oils and oils and oils and oils and oils. and oils. oils. Wow. That's
1: crazy. We have diffusers in every single room of the house and I'm dropping a diffuser off for somebody later who's short diffusers. I'm like, I've got seven in the closet. I'll bring you one.
0: That's incredible. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I'll, I'll look forward to that.
1: As far as you asked what I do though, for me, um, I work out, I train a lot. Kioni Amari, and and I have the same trainer. And then I also Mm. have someone else at that facility. So um, Nia Pham is our trainer. And then Mike Garza is the trainer that I train the most with. And then we have our doctors, our recovery doctors. Recovery is a whole important aspect I think people are just now starting to see the value of. Um, But we have our recovery doctors, Dr. Ben and Dr. Don from Kinetic Impact RP, that we work with and they are an absolute lifeline for me and probably one of the things that i'm missing the most by um doing what's right and staying home is i, I miss training i miss it so much i was um in december i mean i was training four to five times a week with uh, with one of the trainers and then it went down to it was like twice a week right before we went into quarantine and i'm constantly like checking in like when can we train i miss you but um, it's something that's really good for my mental health and for me physically as well. Um, Coach Nia, you know, is he trains, they train, Kiyoni Mari train with him. Uh, and he's really big in mindset training and well so is Mike. But when I was training with Nia, you know, he was saying that it's, it's so important that I maintain this for me because when I'm at my best is when I can do my best for others. And That is honestly what made it okay for me to train because I am so in love with humans and so in love with doing things for others. I will often do that before I take care of myself. But when I realized that me not doing my due diligence and taking care of myself wasn't allowing me to be the best version of myself and then I was not able to be the best that I could be for everyone else is really what made me stop, pull back, Not, I don't want to say pull back, stop, find that pocket of time and go. Um, So, you know, before, before we went into quarantine, I was boxing uh, five to six days a week in the mornings and then training with the trainer one to two days, uh, one to two evenings a week. And now I am really trying to find a way to do more at home because that has been, that's been really, really hard really hard something that i'm missing a lot
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it it was good to hear that before this um you were really taking the time to take care of yourself physically even though what your job requires technically doesn't require you to be like like physically what's the word like you don't have to be like you're not an athlete i guess in the sense that your talent is but i'm saying this for the parallel that a lot of people work Mm -hmm. and they don't actually have to like be physically fit for their job but that is that's also the reason they can write off exercising and taking Mm -hmm. care of their bodies um and even i i felt that to a degree like as as someone who's going more into trying to build um, a brand and a business and a podcast and um Mm -hmm. do more filmmaking um that doesn't always require me to be dancing and breaking so i started to neglect that a lot more but i i also noticed that when i do take a time to exercise and to take care of my body and my mind. That is also when everything else thrives throughout Absolutely.
1: my day. Absolutely. And I mean, I, when I was dancing, um, I, was, I, mean, I was dancing like 20 hours a week. So going from that, I mean, think about it. Think of when you take class and then you have rehearsal, and then if you teach, I mean, easily, easily, easily 20 hours a week. So with that shift, it's almost like I didn't realize it. I didn't realize how little I was doing. Um, but yeah, I just, it's, it's so important to me now. And I, I absolutely, I love it. It's, it's really important and a huge, huge, huge kudos and love to our trainers because they are a huge reason why we're able to do what we do. I may not dance as much as I used to, and I may not be performing, um, but they still enable me to do my work better because I'm able to take better care of myself.
0: Yes, most definitely. And as as far as it goes right now, where we can't currently go to gyms and stuff, um, I'm curious how you're looking to adapt to that while you can't go out and how you're going to um, physically maintain yourself. And is is there things that um, your team um, or or the people that you're managing are doing in order to combat this by staying home? And are you taking pages out of their book?
1: I'm just... I like to work out with them. It just makes me feel better. And I like, I started lifting and I really like to lift heavy and I obviously don't have that at home, but, um, a lot of like that, you know, body, um, body weight exercises and stuff we can do. Um, I did grab a couple dumbbells and a kettle ball and a Bosu ball, uh, and some, uh, hip bands. Um, so I can do a lot at home now. Uh, it's just, it's been, and I think why training for me personally works so well going to train a personal trainer is because I'm then accountable to them. I know that I'm taking care of me, but I'm accountable to them. So I have to show up at that time for those hours um, at that schedule and it becomes a right. part of my routine. When I'm home, it's so much easier for me to say, oh, well, so-and-so needs this. Let me go ahead and do this email real quickly. I'm going to work out in a half an hour. Oh, this came in. Let me take care of this. But when I physically have committed to going somewhere else and there's somebody else, I don't want to let them down. So I'm not going to cancel. So I've been, I have the things I need at home, but but Uh, I have what I need at home, but I still haven't gotten to the place where I've worked it back into a daily routine. Um, and I really miss, I really miss boxing. I really, really, I don't box people. I don't hit people. I haven't, can't run my head around that. Um, but I would take power boxing classes. So, uh, with a bag or, um, or the hydro bags. Um, so I'm actually probably, I was looking at Amazon and talking to my good friend today. I think we're both going to get the standing bags so that I can put it in the Ooh. living room. Just go.
0: Nice. Okay. That'll be nice. Okay. I see. So yeah, I guess everybody's having trouble, not trouble, but everybody's got to find their own way to adapt at the moment.
1: You just have to adjust to, to a different routine. Um, and yeah, I mean, Chris and Larkin are doing a lot of offering a lot of online classes, so they're still moving and creating inside the house. Um, Keone and Mario, you know, will work out outside. Um, and you know, I've, I've kind of checked in with everybody. Um, Melvin I was talking to Melvin earlier and he's been creating in the living room or you know things like that uh, he lives in LA mm-hmm. but he is currently not home okay. he's currently not home he's healthy and um you know he's he's just we don't want anyone to get on a plane right now when all of this hit the first thing I did was get home get home get home get home get home and I was just retracted people and just trying to get them home as fast as possible and make sure that they had flights and and, um, and Melvin, you know, everyone's hesitant to get on a plane. I'm hesitant to get on a plane right now. And, and I fly almost every weekend or every week, I should say, um, almost. And so a couple of people were like, Hey, you know what? I'm healthy. Do I really need to rush back to my house? And I was like, maybe not if you're healthy and you're fine. You're with loved ones. You're with family. Some people have opted to be not at their home, but at their parents' home or something like that. So, um, everybody is healthy and safe. Uh, but you know, not 100% of them are in their personal homes right now. They might be a family members or
0: Got it. That's good to hear. I'm yeah. glad you're taking care of them. Um, I guess uh, switching gears a little bit, just mm-hmm. so we can get... Um, a, a lot of people who are listening to this are um, probably, like I, I noticed my age, uh, are in the urban or hip-hop scene, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are not only looking to be uh, maybe just professional dancers, but also how they can play their part best in the community and that's also another reason why i wanted to have you on is because um not a typical uh or not typical but you're not simply just um becoming a professional dancer but you're also you found your way to to play your best role in this whole like um show so i guess um you also have a very unique perspective which is to be able to interact with so many of um this these people that we look up to um Mm -hmm. so i was curious it with that perspective of yours um are there qualities or things that you see that um you your uh, legacy and you align with that um all of your talent has that you feel like is 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 pretty common or not common but um yeah let's say common um to 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 share between everybody
1: while everybody is so different there's one underlying thread that is the same between all of them and it's authenticity it's them really just being who they are it's not and I think that that's something that's a quality that each of us has but when you can just be your true authentic self and what you create is really just who it a representation of who you are, how you feel, how you see, how you interpret. Since we're talking about dance, the music, the movement, um, that's why these people are so good. They're so good because they're their true selves. Keone and Mari are so different from Melvin, who's so different from Davin, who's so different from Trey, but they are their own authentic selves. And people that look up to whoever, it's because they have a uniqueness. It's, be, it's not because, oh, this person does a really good job of copying this person, so I should copy them, copying him, copying him, copying him, and then what happens? I mean, think of a tea bag you make a, make a cup of tea, you steep that tea bag. If you use that same teabag to go make 10 more cups of tea, you're going to end up with water, an incredibly watered-down version of what you wanted in the first place. So if we all just tap into what our unique God-given qualities are and be the best versions of ourselves, that's where we're going to be successful. Because you have a gift that I don't have. So, me trying to copy or emulate your gift isn't going to be the best use of my skills and my talents. And I think that, you know, when we were talking about things we were going to cover or, you know, questions that people might ask, or, um, there, there really was a crossover between two things that you said is why are these people so good? And then how can other people grow who they are? These people are so good because they genuinely are who they are. From who they align with to the companies and brands that they work with to the music that they dance to to what they create it's genuine and it's authentic and it's truly a part of who they are and that's why that's why you look up to keoni amari and that's that's why somebody looks up to the way melvin dances and and you know pick somebody who you look up to and when you get that person in your mind Do you look up to them because they are a carbon copy of somebody else that you respect, or do you look up to them because there's something that they have that is unique and special, and that's what draws you to them? So, all of these upcoming aspiring artists and talents, if they will look in while still respecting what they see when they look out, but they look in and tap into their unique gifts and talents and then pull that out and grow that that's when they're going to be successful and that's when they're gonna be the best versions of themselves and even with how I handle all of our humans I know that I love people I know that I love good people I know that I love supporting people and that that is what God put me on this earth to do and so that's what I tap into, and and I'm so thankful and so blessed to have a support system. I have J Razalán, who's a mentor and a brother to me. I don't know if you know who he is, but yes, if you
0: I met him a few weeks you ago. Yeah,
1: should you should he is he's so special to me. Arnel Calvario, who is one of my dearest friends, and I have these beautiful women who work with me at Legacy who are incredible, um, Michelle Mersh Kelly and Kath Ann, Caitlin Song and Caitlin Clark. And we are such a strong team and it's not, and and that's why I do my best not to say I, because I don't do this on my own. I've got the biggest voice people, you know, you're going to hear from me, but these are, beautiful people who have tapped into skill sets that they have, that they're willing to share and work together, and, and, and that's why I believe. That's why I believe that we're successful is because we, we are really trying to do it our way with our strengths, not the way that X, Y, or Z said to do it, but because we truly believe that the way we are doing this the way that we manage, the way that we support, the way that we advocate, is the right way to do it for us and for our humans, and that is how we push our work forward.
0: Good to hear. Very. And I'm
1: long-winded, yeah. so forgive the big long answer, but I'm super passionate about what we do.
0: That that was really great. No, and and the way you the the way you laid it out was very clear and concise. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Um, there are a few things I picked up from that. I guess while I was listening, is um, definitely that that the theme of gratitude keeps coming back, and the support system. I feel like those are two big things that can help one find their best self. And this is this is what the show is about: is being able to bring people on who I feel have managed to at least find their pathing and are are very close to to becoming their best selves. And um, that's something that that's why the show is here to help others. And I know there's not one answer to that. Everyone has their own journey and their own path, which makes it complicated. But the, the best thing I can do is try to at least provide examples because examples and figures and inspirations are always have always been my guiding light. So I hope that that can continue to I can provide some for other people as well who are looking for that. Um, so that being said, even though there aren't any um, one, there isn't any one way. I, I'm curious what might have helped you or what resources you might recommend to people who are aspiring um, young, let's say, my age, uh, you know, coming out of college, coming out of high school, who are looking to identify their best selves and how they can continue to pursue that. I think I think um, some good starting points was like the support system and gratitude. But if there's any more, then yes, feel free to share.
1: Um, I think keep, make sure you never stop growing. Be a lifelong learn, learner. Keep training. Keep training, keep training. The only guaranteed way to fail is to stop trying. That's the only guaranteed proven way that someone's going to fail as if they stop trying, but make sure that you're a lifelong learner. I'm still learning something new every day. I try to do my best to be aware of what's going on, to think 10 steps ahead, um, to just kind of keep my finger on the pulse and be willing to learn and adapt because things are not they're going to continue to change and they're going to continue to evolve and if we don't grow and have some flexibility and adaptability we're going to get left in the dust so it's just, I think it's so important to Be a lifelong learner. And you know what? Sometimes you might learn something and all it teaches you is what not to do. And there's still a gift in that. You know, I I try and approach everything that it's either a lesson or a blessing. And if we do something that doesn't turn out the way that we wanted or we hoped or we anticipated, that becomes a lesson. And if we've learned from it, it then becomes a blessing as well. So. Oh, yeah.
0: Definitely. F- failing forward, right? I think that is kind of aligning with the idea that you keep trying different things and um, even if it doesn't work out for you, you at least know not how to approach it next time
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're coming at it, right? Um, okay. Thank-, thank you for that. That's very helpful. Okay. Um, how common is it for um, urban dancers and uh, yeah, I guess let's say urban dancers—people who are in the same um, realm and, and world, like arena and vibe, and all of this stuff—for uh-huh. um, for these artists to have managers or to be under um, like groups—is that is that a common practice as of now, or is it still a growing thing?
1: I think it's still. I think it's still growing. I think that there are still a lot of different schools of thought on it. I don't think that everybody needs a manager. And that's one of the things that I tell people when we meet often. Um, I don't think that everybody needs a manager. I think um, there are, I think managers, in my opinion, are, they're needed when An artist has gotten to a point where their workload extends beyond what they're able to handle while still creating when uh, there are logistics involved that they either don't care to handle or do not necessarily have a knowledge of how to handle Um, and when uh, The work and offers and opportunity are coming in at such a pace or at such a level that it's helpful to have somebody flush things out, go through, do the initial um, questions, checking into it, looking into it, and seeing what really – what they would suggest that they – do or not do or consider or not consider i think that's you know when somebody's and then of course handling contracts and having an attorney to look over it and all of that stuff when when you're at a point where you need assistance in those things i think a manager is very very helpful um if you are still somebody who would benefit from being caught when a wide net has been cast uh, when opportunity is just broad and maybe not so specific, um, I don't necessarily think that those people need managers.
0: Would you is Lee J considered the manager of Kinja's? Yes. Okay, got it. So it seems like, like you said, only um, once the opportunity becomes a little bit overwhelming for the artist, that it becomes helpful to have a partner to, to help them manage the logistics as well, right? So, I don't or, know.
1: Overwhelming, I think that it's, um, I don't know if I would use the word overwhelming, but when you've reached the point where assistance in navigating guidance and those larger logistics, you know, can be tackled by someone else that focuses specifically on those and has a knowledge base around those things, I think it's important. And you are going to notice that there's a trend, um, in the types of talents, artists who do have managers and who do need managers. Um, And a lot of times, you know, it becomes very obvious as to why they would choose to go that route. Mm -hmm. There's definitely, you know, there is also the um, benefit of having somebody who works to provide opportunity as well. Um, And that is also... A part of what we do, but that doesn't—it doesn't mean that everybody needs to go out and try and get a manager. Um, it just—it's not needed for everyone.
0: If you had to, so okay, so I know that it may not be a such a big. Oh, well, so there, there's a very give or take, and it's situational whether a dancer needs a manager. But if dancers eventually want to pursue management, if they ever want to go down the same or similar path that you have. Um, What, what do you think are some of the more exceptional qualities of managers of good managers?
1: Hmm. Patience, honesty, transparency, listening, being driven. Oddly enough, nothing I think that they would teach you in a textbook, but You know, people tell you, oh, you need to, you need a certain skill set. You need to, you do need to know how to speak to people. You do need to know how to read a contract. You do need to have uh, an attorney, a bookkeeper, those people that are specified that can assist you in those ways. But if you are unable to listen, if you're unable to be respectful and have a calm conversation, with somebody who may not be receiving your message well, you're not going to need those other things because most likely you're not going to be able to get the job. It's not, I've had so many people um, tell us that they are thankful that we're easy to work with because there are plenty of people to work with and they don't want to work with jerks. And I've had a lot, we received that a lot. Um, and that's you know it sounds so simple, and it sounds like, no, you got to be kidding me. be a good human, listen, be respectful, stay firm in what you need, and be willing to do a lot of work. Yes, you do need specify self, of course you do, but those things are going to take you very, very far.
0: yeah, it does sound simple, but it is definitely a skill that um, it's, it's valuable nowadays, especially with um, attention and, and all of these things that are, everything is fighting for people's attention to, to be able to hone and truly listen.
1: Um, mm-hmm.
0: And it does sound like, yeah, you should just, that's just common sense. You should be able to do that. But um, I, do, I do value being able to have conversations with people.
1: Absolutely, and okay. of, of well. course, we know Excel and Word and, and bookkeeping, and you know have a, have attorney resources. Of course, we have all of that. It's not like we're flying by the seat of our pants. But in addition to those very basic bullet point skills, those other things are are really really important. It's really important to be able to work well with others because you're going to come into a ton of different personalities eight and you've got to be able to handle it you've got to be able to navigate it and you've got to be able to get the job done
0: thank you for that um wow it's okay we're closing up because we're 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 rounding up about an hour um and the fact that you it's told us something um and, and said that like surprisingly it is not something that can be learned from textbooks is is great because I think that's um, one of the reasons why I wanted to be able to host a space for people. So I think there are a lot of people who are gonna be able to gain a lot from this. So thank yeah. you, Cheyenne.
1: Oh, you're uh, welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. If, if there was anything that you could uh, impart on people that could help them begin to start developing these qualities, if this isn't something that they were naturally born with, um, to be able to be more patient, to be able to listen, Um, was there any, have there been any books or, or resources that, um, you would recommend or that have helped you that you might want to be, and it doesn't have to be a book. It could be like a a film or, or a documentary, um, or a show, anything like that, that might be able to help develop that type of skill within somebody.
1: You know, for me, I have a degree in psychology. I specifically went to school Mm -hmm. and I it taught me so much with dealing with people. I originally thought that I wanted to get my PhD and go into private practice, um, but you know when people ask me what you hear people, unfortunately, you do hear people say, "I think school is very, very valuable," and I also think that it's not for everyone. So I definitely don't judge people who don't go to school. I that's not what this statement's about at all. We each have our own path and our own journey. Um, I loved school and uh you know a lot of times i people joke and say oh my gosh you went to school for all that time and you got a degree in psychology and you don't use it and i tell them actually i use it every day because for me that what i you know what i took out of of all the things i learned in school were how to work with people how to work with people and understanding that everybody in the different walks of life and different journeys and, and different just How we react and act upon things. So, school and what I learned was a lot for me. Um, Life experience was a lot. Seeing and experiencing situations where I didn't feel valued, heard, or respected were incredible lessons for me. And knowing and using those and turning those lessons into blessings and remembering how it felt when this and making sure that i act accordingly this way because i think you know we're in the business of people we're in the business of people and if we don't love and respect people then we shouldn't be in this business and that's really how i approach things but it's i think for everybody this it could be a book it could be an experience it can be so many different things. And just looking up to people who I love and respect and seeing a common thread there, how they treat others. And that has been a huge tool for me as well. And it goes right back again, bringing up DJ Razalan. He's really been and continues to be uh, a rock, a mentor, a brother, a partner, a very valued friend. And the way that he deals with people regardless of the situation, is an absolute gift, an absolute gift. And I think that everybody has somebody like that in their lives where they look at them, they look at how they deal with situations, people um, work, and they respect it. And that can teach us a lot. It can teach us a lot.
0: Gotcha. That's an awesome note to end on. Thank you, Cheyenne.
1: You're welcome. Thank
0: you. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave with the audience? Final words that you have? Um, anything that you'd like to promote?
1: Um, you know, I just, I want to say thank you. And I just, in this time right now, I just, I think that the world just needs more beautiful, good art. So keep creating. And you know what? I also think that there's this expectation now that we're home, you have all this time, you should do blah. Maybe you just need to take care of you, and that's okay too. But I think as long as we keep sharing our love for what we do and putting positivity into our community and supporting each other and lifting each other up, that's really the best thing and the strongest message I could send right now. Sure, there's 100 projects, and we could advertise that. Or we can really just pour love and support into our community and keep doing that, and we can lift each other up as a whole
0: we're all in this together so yeah keeping that in mind and yes remembering that this will pass and until then just keep doing the best to doing what you need to do for yourself so that you can do your best for others
1: absolutely
0: all right thank you Cheyenne it's been a pleasure to hear your voice and uh, hear your words and I think a lot of people are going to get a lot from this
1: I hope so thank you so much for having me
0: of course hopefully I mean till next time next time this has been cheyenne and kai on the crossroads take care everybody stay safe until next time peace what's up you guys it's kai thank you for listening to this episode of the crossroads and if you enjoyed it don't forget to leave a review on apple Podcasts, spotify or google podcasts don't forget to follow us on tiktok and instagram at the crossroads z underscore that is where we will keep you updated with new episodes and create an educational content throughout your day. Lastly, if you really enjoyed this episode and it's got you thinking, don't forget to tell a friend about it and converse about the topics that we talked about in this episode. The point is to grow as a community and as individuals, as creators. So continuing to allow this type of information to circulate throughout your daily life will help a lot in reinforcing it. That's all I have to say, and I will see you guys in the next episode. Take care. Peace.